to become really our authentic self for this time of life is the most important stepping off place from my perspective. We need to look at the old identities, look at the old ways of being, and mourn what we couldn't do, that we wanted to do, and celebrate what we have accomplished, and celebrate the things that were appropriate then that might not feel appropriate now. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Menopause doesn't happen like it does on TV or even in the movies for that matter. You don't just wake up one day covered with sweat, gasping and sobbing into your dark blue muumuu. Mm -mm. You don't wake up one day in a downward spiral of irrationality or emotional instability, causing sideways glances at lunch or knowing nods and eye rolls. You just don't. Nature did not create us to unravel and diminish during our prime. It doesn't even make sense. Honestly, this narrative never served us and it wasn't meant to. So I am done accepting this view of middle age and I'm ready to create a new narrative that opens the door to endless possibilities, especially once we are clear about what we want and what vision we hold for ourselves. Menopause is a journey along the road of life and it can be filled with so much success and love and purpose and passion. Honestly, it can be whatever we want it to be. Menopause presents our bodies with an opportunity to rest from reproduction and to use that energy elsewhere. So how will you know that you're in menopause? Well, the only for sure factor is that you haven't menstruated in a full year's time, and that's it. Then you step into menopause and into new discovery. But the question I get all the time was, well, how do we do this? Well, it's all about being open to a new transformation and in getting clear about what you want after doing some much needed inquiry, what isn't serving you and what is serving you and what feels meaningful to you. Now, because I am so passionate about the mindset around midlife and how we can use tools to uplevel our beliefs about this next amazing phase in our life, I brought on author and expert Susan Wilson to share her best recommendations and tools to gain clarity during this important transition. And how our earlier experiences can inform our body about the type of menopause we are going to have. Now, this is a conversation that we do not have enough. So often we are caught up in the physical changes, but we don't think about how we're going to pursue midlife as wise, incredibly powerful women. So I am stoked to bring Susan on, but before I do, I want to quickly sing her praises. Susan Wilson is a certified nurse midwife with 45 years experience guiding all phases of women's health. She spent the last 20 years working exclusively with women in the menopause transition. She practices in Hudson Valley in New York. Her new book, Making Sense of Menopause, Harnessing the Power and Potency of Your Wisdom Years, helps us to positively reframe this powerful time in our lives. It explores the falsehoods we have absorbed as women from the medical community and the larger culture and offers a look into the deeper sea of change that's happening at this time in our life. Without further ado, let's welcome Susan to the show. 
Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Susan, honey, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's, we're finally getting a spring day where I live and that makes me very happy. Oh my goodness. Oh, like just the knowing that spring is coming, right? The flowers blooming, the sun is coming out, it's getting warmer. There's like definitely a, a rebirth that's going on, a, a shift in energy, a shift in the way that we think about things. It's, it's like, you know, I, I did a big ceremony with a friend of mine of just letting go of what isn't serving. And I think mm -hmm. that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, because I feel like if there is a time outside of spring, spring is a great time to let go of what hasn't been serving you. But if there is a time in our life as women where I really feel that that mindset steps up to the plate is as we transition from perimenopause into menopause of like, really life is up for review. Relationships are up for review. Everything is up for review where we get to decide what hasn't been serving us. And I think this is where you really show up in mastery because this is such a great, great time and opportunity to let go of, of what, what isn't showing up in a great place for us, whatever relationships we're not feeling. And so that we can usher into this next new incredible journey. Absolutely. And I sometimes think of it as the art sale of life in a way, because we get, I think it's really important to not make what came before bad, like it's not good for us anymore. There was something wrong with it, because it's really important at this time, I think, to follow the thread all the way back and see how we originally formed our identities as women and whose voices went into that and what did we take in from the culture and the people that told us who we were and reflected us back to ourselves and see what fits and what doesn't fit anymore because so much does change at menopause for so many reasons. And to become really our authentic self for this time of life is the most important stepping off place from my perspective. We need to look at the old identities, look at the old ways of being and mourn what we couldn't do that we wanted to do and celebrate what we have accomplished and celebrate the things that were appropriate then that might not feel appropriate now, but Catching up to present time, I feel, is very important uh, for this next step of the journey. Mm, I love, I love all of that. I want to unpack a little bit of, you know, I know some some beliefs, some ways of operating can get us to a certain point. 
And then moving forward, they're just not meant to serve. And so we can honor what they did for us for whatever that, that decade or for however, however long we, we needed that, that way of thinking, that mindset, but then kind of reevaluating, like you said, looking at the celebrating, honoring, but also trying to figure out like what is going to serve me moving into this next new journey. It can feel a little uncomfortable, <laughs> this experience. And talk to me about why is it that culturally menopause just the way that we treat it as a culture, the way that we kind of step into it as an individual, why it's it's been made to feel so hard? I think there are many reasons. I think women have absorbed many false myths from the culture about who we are, how our bodies work, who we're supposed to be in in the culture that we're in. And we're one of the first generations to really speak openly about this and to demand information and to want to pull this all together. Even in my grandmother's generation, women were being institutionalized because people didn't understand what was happening. They were just different. They weren't doing the same thing. So I think another reason it's hard is because we feel powerless around it. We're told that this is something that's going to happen to us, mm-hmm. that it's going to be horrible. Uh, we hear that from the media that really deifies teenagers in our culture and puts out this um, picture of beauty that really less than 3% of women, you know, even approximate. So we're made to feel shame on some level from the media and that our life will be over. Medicine tells us we're broken. Mm -hmm. conventional Western medicine and that, you know, everything about our fertility system has broken down. It's over again. You're getting a, your life is about to be over kind of message there. And even other women, often when we're talking to each other, just like with pregnancy, we tend to tell our horror stories to each other because we've been very traumatized on some level and are still working that out. So It feels real important to me to look at the full arc of a woman's life and where menopause fits into that and how it builds on what came before, how our body, which is always moving toward health, where it's trying to take us and how we can assist it. I appreciate that so much of the the multifactorial piece of it all, you know, and as I've dove into the menopause journey and dissected it for my own book, and we're talking about your book in just a second as well, I've looked at the medical piece of it all, of Mm -hmm. how we really messed it up for women from, you know, the advent of modern medicine of not even believing that menopause existed initially. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then once we had, you know, a drug for it, that then menopause is this all this catch all, you know, and this is the drug that fixes all of it. And, uh, and, and just how messy and yucky and lazy medicine was regarding women. And, and that I still feel like we're, there's so much healing and recovery that we're still doing, you know, a a big part of my conversation is like, this is not your mama's menopause. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my mama's was not my grandma's menopause and my men and my journey into menopause ain't going to be my mama's journey, you Mm -hmm. know, because I've learned so much in that process as well. And how so much of it, the start of so much of it is really the mindset. 
Mm-hmm. Of how we want to see it. And, and I, I share a lot of the story about my mama, who's actually, she's at the, she's staying with us this week. She's in her little Lululemon. She's got her hair extension. Mm-hmm. She's got her eyelashes. She is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. she's got, and she's running and dancing. The stroller she bought us um, was the Bob, which is a running stroller because she uh-huh. wanted to run with the baby. Oh, and nice. we had it out yesterday. And my mom is running circles around the stroller and dancing in front of Kingston. And just, this is a woman who's 62 years old. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Who's mm-hmm. just like in her prime, rocking it and just has redefined what it all looks like what and she's been such a beautiful inspiration to me and so as I kind of slowly I'm navigating in that direction of like what is it that I want it to feel like what is it how do I want it to look like like how how is it that I want my body to show up for me in this new this new journey what I've learned so much in this process in my own healing journey and it is about decision it is about deciding and it's about mindset of like this is how I want it to look for me. This is how I want it to feel for me versus people telling me this is how it's going to be for me. This is how it's going to happen to you. I don't know, Susan, if you've seen that in in women, the shift of, of that, of that mindset of it happening for me, the way that I would love it to be versus, oh, this is what's going to happen to me. It's beginning to happen. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I've been working exclusively with menopausal women for about 20 years now. And I just kept seeing this profound sense of loss that Mm. women would be taking this step forward, but it was always looking over their shoulder to what they had left behind and what they were being told they no longer were or ever could be. And For me, with my clients, a lot of times I help them remember several things. One, that your body is always working toward health and to help them understand the reason their symptoms were happening and how they could get on board with what their body was trying to do to create something different and to create better health. And another thing was to connect it all along from, you know, where they've come as women and remind them, you know, you've got this, you, the hormonal transitions can be very challenging, but you went through puberty. Many women went through pregnancy. You know that your body doesn't belong to you. If you have, you know, when you go through a pregnancy, hormones are very, very powerful. They literally change us into different beings and different creatures. And while it may seem a little bit of a trite example to talk about the caterpillar and butterfly, exactly the same DNA, nothing is different except that time in the chrysalis when they get melted down into mush and then they come out, but you look at the two and they're really different creatures with different longings, different desires, different things motivating them. And our body also prepares us for menopause because the estrogens that are highest in the body during our reproductive years, I really see it as kind of putting us into a bit of a hormonal trance so that we can make babies, nurture them, do all the thing, you know, put ourselves on the back burner if we have to make that happen. And the estradiol helps you do that. And then you come toward menopause and the levels of that hormone start to come down. 
estriol rises up and it hits the creative centers of your brain. So at this time of life, women are really wanting to express themselves and paint that painting, start that business, write that book, whatever it is that they have inside of them that is the gift that they want to give. And this can be very challenging often for partners and family members or work associates that have been used to having someone that would just keep adding one more thing to their plate and taking it on and being in a a certain way a doormat for our families and the things that we are part of. It's Mm -hmm. much easier to give when you're in the estradiol haze. And then when you step into this other part of life, you stake out your ground for what it is that feels important to you. Can't tell you how many times I hear women say, you know, I just don't care anymore so much what other people think. And, you know, if not now, when? And it's a great time Mm -hmm. to really um, come in and become yourself fully. Yeah. And I mean, and I would love any time in our life is a good time to kind of step, step, maybe step into ourselves fully more authentically. And I think we're seeing that a younger, younger time, but yeah, Mm -hmm. this is, this is definitely a time, like, even if you have done some of that, you're about to do more of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would love to speak into two things. One of the things that you had said was that, you know, so many women as they're stepping into menopause and conversations with you is that they're looking back. Mm -hmm. They're looking back at what they weren't able to accomplish. They're looking back Mm -hmm. at what they, they didn't say. They're looking back at a morning of the life either that they had or that they tried to get to and just never got to. And they feel like now it's over. What is the, the conversation that you have with your clients, with your women about transforming that mindset of is yes. And I do believe that, yeah, there, there, we do, we do deserve an appropriate amount of like that phase of our life. We are wrapping up and we're stepping into this new phase. What are some things that you, that you offer women in terms of shifting the focus of, yes, we're letting things go, but in order to step into something potentially more, how do you walk women through that talk track? There are a couple of, it's different depending yes. on the woman I'm seeing, sure. of course. And, um, but there are several ways that I approach it. And it's one reason this book that I've just written, I've set it up that way. There are areas of self-inquiry all through the book so that a woman can follow the breadcrumbs of her own life as to how she kind of became who she is and what the elements are and whose voices went into that. And I I believe that's important to really um, connect the dots and to be present with it. And there are certain exercises that I offer them if they feel like doing it. And, And many women say, wow, just looking at it this way, I see that the story I created about what happened to that really wasn't true. And I'm able to let it go in a way that I wasn't before. I know I personally, and I also offer this up to women if they tend to be into ritual to create some sort of a menopause ritual for Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, we have baptisms, we have funerals, we have birthday parties, we have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, you know, things to honor and anchor certain times in our life so that we don't just move through them unconsciously because we're changing our role in our community or our tribe is changing. And I think it's a good time to do that as well. And um, 
I think it's important in doing that, and women choose many different ways to do it if they do, are to bring in the things that you accomplished, that you left behind, that you wish you had done but didn't, and the celebration, but then also to make vows, if you will, to what you want the next part of your life to be about and what the gift is that you want to give and to have witnesses to that. And women do that in many, many different ways. Mm, I love that idea so, so much is the ritual of stepping into this next phase in our life and kind of claiming it, Mm -hmm. claiming it as your own and and setting an intention for what you want to create, you know, moving forward. Because I feel like really we need to say yes to menopause over and over and over. It's not going to be just one moment in time where you say, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm going to do this or that. It's really a moving into and fully inhabiting oneself. And it's important to be very present in that because we have so many gifts to give. You know, I I really see um, menopause as the harvest and it's when we get to pluck that juicy fruit and eat it and savor it and enjoy it and then take the seeds out and plant them for the next generation because there does seem to be really an evolutionary purpose to menopause as well. Let's talk a little bit about that as as well because there there is so much in so many cultures around the world like who is ushering who is ushering the family, who is ushering community, who is, you know, is, is really opening the door for that next generation is Mm -hmm. women in menopause, you know, there, that wisdom and, and, and that leadership, that's, who's doing it for some reason, we're not celebrating that. We're not looking at that of Mm -hmm. who's ushering that in. So I'd love to speak into the gifts because I think about the saying yes to menopause, saying yes to this next phase, saying yes to what we're going to cultivate and really fully embracing it. I think about what the alternative is and it is not good. It's a struggle and a potentially negative mindset. It is a giving up on oneself. It's not good feeling energy. It's not a life that I would, would wish for anybody to have is, is, it's the culture beating down upon us. Like, Oh, this is it. Like your time, your value, it, you, it's already gone. You know, all of that, whatever we keep beating into women, that's not true. That's a total myth. You can imagine sitting in that and ruminating in that of, of, that's just not a, it doesn't feel good. It's not a feel good energy. It's a very low kind of low level energy. And if we can, we can spiral up versus the spiral down the spiral up of saying yes, of saying yes, of saying yes, and embracing, uh, and that we get to fully express who we get to be, we get to fully cultivate and create. It's a very different energy to operate in. It's, you know, and so I wanted to just speak into just what, what are those? I know every woman's gifts are so potent, like every woman's potential gifts are so are endless and they're, and they're different and they're varying depending on who they are and their unique self. But speak to me into, you see these women creating these transformations. What are the gifts that they're bringing to family, bringing to community, bringing to their work, their leadership? I'd love to kind of hear, you know, the, the clients that you're working with, you know, on the other side of that transformation, what they're stepping into in terms of their gifts. 
Yeah, I think some of that hasn't changed much in a sense since we hit the planet. But I really see, I see menopause as a crossroads because over and over you see women either step into this next part of their life or they begin to diminish and kind of fade away. And I feel like it's very important to talk about what comes next. And anthropologists, sociologists tell us that it wasn't until women started living beyond their reproductive years to the age of being grandmothers that you really started seeing the certain kind of evolution in our culture as human beings because women could only nurture the child that they had until they were pregnant with the next one, right? And then that child was left a little more to uh, back in the way, way back to fend for itself. And so when grandmothers came on this scene, they were able to gather more food. They were able to nurture these toddler children and help keep them healthy. And they also had the long view. So they told the stories of their tribe. They were able to connect dots way back. And this kind of woke up a different part of the human brain. So I think it's still very real for us in these times today. And women make many different choices. And I think part of it depends on, you know, what you came in with in terms of what your passion really is about. And sometimes women at the end of this trajectory of their reproductive and mothering lives go, I don't even have a clue anymore what I'm really passionate about. I'm just tired. And I say, well, you know, think back to when you were 10 years old. What was it that really lit you up at that point in time? Because 10-year-old girls, right before the hormone tidal wave hits, they're so clear about who they are and how the world works. And they're very powerful in it. So when women decide what they want, some of them decide to do things like uh, nurture a community and they, um, they take on more public roles like that. Uh, some women just want to give their gifts to their family and they concentrate on being grandmothers and, you know, kind of shepherding a brood of uh, children and doing the same thing we did back in the way back, which is giving presents and giving extra time and giving the long view about things. Because I'm coming up on 70 in a couple of months. And so my generation growing up really was the last one to grow up without technology and devices. We really had a childhood and a young adulthood that was free of that. We know what it's like to move at a different pace, to be able to do one thing at a time, to, I think, be present in a little bit different way than people who have not had that. And so if we can bring that to the children coming up behind us so that it doesn't get lost, I feel like that's a huge gift to follow a child around as they do what nature wants them to do, which is really connect with nature. We're losing our connection with nature. We're forgetting how we're part of the whole. And I don't think we can do that and really survive. So go build fairy houses with your grandchild, you know, run for public office, go to the hospital and hold babies that are, you know, withdrawing from drugs, start a food bank, 
whatever it is that, you know, or as you have, write a book or (laughs) start painting if that's what you want, but just figure out who it is that you are and what the gift is that you have to bring and then just bring it. Mm, Yes. I love it. Agreed. I think every single, every single one of us has so many gifts to bring to the table in so Mm -hmm. many ways that we can show up for our community. And I think women, as we get older, we're just, we're just clear leaders, whether it's the family or it's a community or, you know, whatever you're feeling called to do, Mm -hmm. this is where we get to really step into that. I mean, we've been leading that family. We, you know, um, and it's just another, it's another level of leadership. In many tribal societies, it's the elder women that decide who marries whom when they go to war or, you know, that adjudicate issues that come up within the tribe because, and you do find in cultures where elder women are revered for their wisdom and knowledge, they don't go through menopause in the same way we do. Not at all. Because they're moving towards something positive and they're getting that reflected back to them. But we haven't had that in this culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they know they're moving towards this next level. They're looking forward to that that next level versus you know the way that we paint it is that it's 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 definitely doom and gloom. It's over. It's over. <laughs> right. it's, you, yeah. you fall off the proverbial cliff. It's over. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to speak into the shift in relationships as well for, mm-hmm. for women. I know that this comes up a lot too, as you mentioned earlier of just like, I just, I don't care. Like I mm-hmm. used to care. I'm realizing right now that this relationship or that these relationships aren't really serving me and that, you know, it's, it's time for me to re-review the kind of relationship that I have. How often does this come up with women that you work with? Well, quite a bit. Often it comes up in their primary relationships and their partnerships and marriages. And it is a a period in time where often marriages fall apart because, um, again, the women have been fulfilling a certain role and they're not as inclined to do that anymore, to keep giving and giving without so much coming back. And if there's not good communication that can, you know, lead to misunderstandings and problems. Um, There's also, for many women, a shift in their libido when they're right in the middle of it. And there are many reasons for that. Again, both physical reasons and cultural reasons. And that I feel like we these days really live on parallel tracks to our partners. Um, We generally have different jobs with different schedules, different deadlines, different things taking up our brain space. And the communication often is just around children, pets, household details. And we don't have the same intimacy that we did with our partners in terms of being a part of a real part of their lives. And then in terms of sex, about the only time you're in close enough proximity to make it happen is at the end of the day when you fall into bed exhausted. And for men, that works pretty well because they're visually wired and they generally get their relaxation and feelings of connection after sex. For women, it's the opposite. We're wired to want that connection in order to move closer and open up. And often at the end of the day, when We have still the laundry list of the undone going through our head. And, you know, it just feels like one more thing on the to-do list. So you start having a "Mm, not tonight, honey thing, but without 
real communication about what's going on, misunderstandings happen. Couples tend to, you know, drift apart. Yeah. So I think it's really key, whether we're talking about your intimate partner, whether we're talking about your work colleagues, or whether you're talking about your mother who now has a lot more needs and parents, both of them, you know, we're caught in the middle in this generation in some ways with parents that have a lot of needs as well, is to learn to, you know, I have people make a good for me, bad for me list, right? Mm. So, you know, you just go down and you look at all the things you spend your time and your life force doing that don't give anything back to you and whatever you can get rid of, do it. (laughs) Then you look at the things that nurture you and help you to feel more full and like you're more alive. And so bring more of that on. But then there are things like jobs and family members and things like that, that are kind of a mix or that you can't give up yet, even if you feel are very stressful and you need to learn to set new boundaries around that. And there are many different ways that we can do that. And sometimes for women, that's difficult is really setting a boundary and holding it because our role in the culture is generally not to do that. So it's true. I love that. So making that list of like, what is, what is really serving me? What's filling up my cup or what's Mm -hmm. not delegating Mm -hmm. it out, getting rid of it. And then, like you said, I I do know that there are obligations, whether it's work obligations or caretaking obligations where it is in the list of like, this isn't really filling me back up. I'm giving, 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 I'm not getting anything in return from this, but there's gotta be a way if it's draining you and exhausting you and wearing you down, where and how can you set up boundaries so that you can operate in a higher higher feeling state, mm-hmm. even though you, you, those things are still on your, your list. Right. And it's also important in terms of symptoms, because as you know, the more stressed we are, the more stressed our adrenals are, the more symptoms we're going to have, because the body's always going to prioritize survival over reproduction. So if we're always. very stressed. Our body's going to make stress hormones, not sex hormones. And it will even steal our sex hormones and turn them into stress hormones, even if we need them. So that's when people get a lot of symptoms going on. And I, I work a lot with the women that I see around managing their stress and even identifying their stress because women who love their lives can be getting up at 5.30 in the morning, hitting the gym before work, fueled on their latte, work a job they love that's fast paced, go out with friends at night, drop into bed around 11 or 11.30 and think, this is great. My life is good. I'm not really stressed. But when you look at, okay, how much sleep are you getting? You know, Are you fueled on caffeine? Are you nourished? Do you have downtime to balance? All of the things that really help the body they are almost distressed as a woman who is working two jobs and being a single mother and trying to manage more than she can handle. They don't just carry that epigenetic burden of feeling traumatized on top of it, but Mm. their body still feels stressed. I agree. And you know, Mm -hmm. labs don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) You look at at labs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's very obvious. Um, and and we, I talk a lot about mm. this on the show of, of stress is very insidious in that it, it's it's very hidden and mm-hmm. it can feel like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It can feel like an amazing day, you mm-hmm. know, because you're borrowing against yourself. You're, you're getting that little yeah. extra something, something. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, the health symptomology is a whole nother part of this conversation. The self-care piece is a whole nother part of this conversation. What, you know, when I've investigated a lot of this, over the years of like, what is the driver of the symptoms? What mm-hmm. is the driver of, of the exhaustion of if the just feeling like the overwhelm, a lot of it, it is the mindset. It is the worthiness or lack of worthiness in, and uncovering so much of that. And I believe mm-hmm. that that a lot of that comes up for review again here. Absolutely. I feel like it comes up for review over and over and over again <laughs> until it like mm-hmm. Mac trucks you. If, and if it hasn't been addressed beforehand, oh, well, this is the time where it mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. It plays into so many of the symptoms. We can't, I mean, I know hormones are powerful. Um, we can't just blame it all on the hormones, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. we, it's, it's, there's, there's, it's a more complex conversation. And what I think I love so much about your book and what I think is so, so critical for us is the inquiry mm-hmm. is I agree. so often women, we're not asking ourselves, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not investigating, you know, we're not even, we don't, some of us don't even know what brings us joy. Yes, We've never asked exactly. ourselves, what, what are things that I do that, that bring me joy? Simply just mm-hmm. that. It's the inquiry that I think is the piece that is lacking, that is absolutely a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And as you say, I mean, and there's plenty of science to back this up. It is our perceptions of our environment, not what's actually happening that creates the changes and the symptoms in our bodies, you know, because you can put two people who are wired differently into exactly the same situation, one of them's going to see it stressful and the other one's not. So our perceptions are huge and those are built over a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it's important to go back to the very beginning when we're doing this inquiry to kind of take a look at, you know, our early life and what was our environment like and what were the messages we got about ourselves. And then as we became women and sexual beings, what were the messages we got there? What did our partners reflect to us? What did we think about it? You know, just taking it all the way through because that's what made us who we are now. Mm -hmm. And um, we can update that and should update that all along. We definitely should be updating it all along. Mm -hmm. We need to be reviewing the downloads, Mm -hmm. the download of I need to survive, the download that I got to go this alone, the download that I'm not worthy unless I'm doing for others, the download that we are selfless, that we put others first, right? All these downloads, Mm -hmm. all the stories that come Mm -hmm. on in that, that support, like you said, that scenario, you know, it's, it's all based on perspective. It's all based on, oh, this was the story that, that, that I, I downloaded at five years old that keeps Mm -hmm. permeating into my, into my life. I think we don't really realize how powerfully and purposefully we're distracted these days in our lives. We really don't have the downtime to sit and let stuff even settle into our consciousness unless we make it, you know, we're being distracted from all corners right now. And I think a lot of the choosing into distraction it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's just easier. Absolutely. It's, you know, the inquiry, the looking back, 
the creating emotional resilience, the shifting of mindset, the reviewing the downloads that we got. Susan, you and I both know that's work. Mm-hmm. It's work. It is. Yep. It's work. It is sitting down with yourself. It is work. And we're worth it. <laughs> we are so worth it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm actually heading off to a retreat tomorrow oh, to do this very work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not the first time I've done this work, but as a, as a new mama, I, before mm-hmm. I got pregnant, I was be- well before pregnancy, but when I was, when I was sick at 30, I was, I was like, okay, what, whatever got me here, isn't going to take me to the next place. Mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. review the downloads and the story that I'm playing in my head that keeps me sick. And then stepping into motherhood, my internal lineage, what are the stories there? Yes, what are the things powerful. that I, yeah, I don't want to carry down to my son up for review again, as my little baby turns, he's, a to- he's turning into a toddler oh. and all of a lot of new shifts and changes. I'm like, things are coming up for review again yeah. for me. And so I'm, I'm headed to a three-day retreat of inquiry and re-reviewing. Um, and I will say this work, it, and I, we all know this work never ends. And I know that there's going to be a lot of inquiry moving forward, but it's worth it. It is, yeah. it is worth it. You know, yeah. who you become on the other side is, is so worth it. But yeah, you've got to be willing to put down the distractions. You've got mm-hmm. to be willing to get uncomfortable. And you've got to be willing to look in the mirror at yeah. yourself, uh, you yeah. know, but Tell it's yourself all worthwhile. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so, um, and you know, one thing I found, I mean, we all, we all keep these secrets or we think we have secrets that we protect within ourselves or we protect the world from our secrets. And I've really realized as, as a midwife for so long and being, um, really able to be intimate with so many different people over my lifetime, I realized that all our secrets are the same secret, really. I mean, we're all humans on earth. And it's very rare that if we don't really open up and tell our stories to people that we trust, that anybody's ever really shocked or horrified. You know, they just recognize themselves there too. Ah, yes, here, this happened to you as well. And I think telling our stories is so important. And I would really love to see women get together with other women that they trust to do the work of this book and the inquiry in it and tell their stories as a group of women and do that. I think it could be very powerful. I agree. I agree. I, so. The sitting down and, and people not only reflecting back, but just honoring you in your mm-hmm. journey and, yeah, and yeah. feeling like we're in this together, mm-hmm. you know, the sisterhood mm-hmm. um, is so, so powerful. I, I did a moon ceremony with one of my besties with the full mm-hmm. moon this last couple of days, and it was more inquiry, mm-hmm. you know, and reflecting back and honoring each other and, um, and just clearing what wasn't serving. You know, what, what, what yuckiness, how, how, how did we show up in a passive aggressive way to our partner or to Mm -hmm. maybe an employee of ours, you know, Mm -hmm. how did, um, you know, just looking just, and just like, oh yeah, girl, uh uh-huh. I I, I, (laughs) I see that, you know, what, and what came up and how are we transforming that to move forward? You know, I think all of the, any of these types of rituals, even before menopause, of, of just, you know, getting together with women and doing that inquiry and mm-hmm. honoring each other in that, in that process and supporting each other in that process is just so powerful. I am all for that. More of that, mm-hmm. more of us supporting each other. Yes. 
for sure, instead of being in competition. Exactly, which is all just a cultural nonsense too. Yes, it is. Mm. Yep. Susan, any, I just, oh, this this conversation is what I needed today. I'm so excited for my, my event tomorrow. <laughs> and I know people are listening to this like, mm, I would just want to see the questions. I want to mm-hmm. see the inquiry. Let them percolate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where can we get this book? Oh, anywhere. Um, okay. You know, any bookstore you like to uh, patronize, Amazon, you know, in, indie bookstores, Barnes and Noble, anywhere. And the website, um, making sense of menopause.com. Yeah. I blog there too. I'll put up something every month and encourage women to let me know if there's something that they want to hear about so that I can address things specifically that are important to people. But yeah, making sense of menopause.com. Love it. Well, Susan, honey, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to connect with you today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I just want to say from all of us, thank you so much for taking your wisdom, the Mm -hmm. two decades of working with thousands of women and putting into paper what can help us move into our most authentic self. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm really happy to be having this conversation. Thank you. I 100% agree that menopause is a vital gateway to a rich and fulfilling life. And each of us has the opportunity to shift our beliefs and mindset to embrace our full capacity in this phase of our life, which is a very long phase for many of us, right? I never planned to fade into the background. I was always going to be a focal point in my life. But I know that in order to get there, I've got to do the inquiry and I've got to do the discovery about who I want to become and the life that I want to create that feels the most fulfilling. I believe that we all deserve to curate through self-discovery. Now, Susan's book, Making Sense of Menopause, is the guide that you have been looking for if you are ready to start laying the groundwork for your personal midlife journey. I highly recommend getting a copy, even if you're in perimenopause, because the questions in this book pose an opportunity to go super deep into every area of your life and to really understand what matters to you. And to also look and see how the way in which you were brought up, the way in which that culture kind of shifted you, changed you, how that's had an impact on you now and even moving forward. As we look back and do that inquiry, we can figure out like, why am I holding on to these beliefs? Why do I feel this way? Or why am I not looking so forward to these parts of my life coming up, right? We get to unpack that and figure out again, what is serving us and what isn't so that we can move forward in curating the life that we want. I believe that we all deserve that. And this book really offers that opportunity to go deep and figure that out for ourselves. So I'm going to have the link to the book, Making Sense of Menopause, in the show notes. I highly recommend you grab it. I've been loving it so far myself, and I'm excited to dive even deeper as I continue to move through the chapters. And as always, thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast. This show is always about providing you tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body, no matter what phase you are going through. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot it, definitely share the book, right? And this episode, share it via text message or on social media, however you love to get in front of that person. 
That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy and becoming a hormone CEO. Now, if you share it on social, definitely hashtag hormone CEO so that we continue to create this amazing community. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.